My sermon today, and I just saw it, is a sermonette. So it's not a sermon. It's a short one, so they say. So I'll be quick. Unto you a Savior is born. This is the time of year that millions of people will celebrate Christmas. Amidst the carols, the candlelights, the stories will unfold of Gabriel's visitation, the journey to Bethlehem, the arrival of Christ in a stable. The danger that you and I face this year is known this story all too well. In fact, we often miss its wonders, its beauties, the meaning of Christ's birth. My prayer is that we don't get too comfortable. My hope is that the illustrations and the stories will come to life, given a meaning as we study God's Word. Let us bow our heads. Lord, I ask you to hide me behind your cross. I ask you to use your servant to deliver your message, the hope that we have in Jesus. Fill this room with thy Holy Spirit. May this fall upon some heart. Lord, I give you the glory, for you are worthy. Amen. Unto you a Savior is born. I am going to ask you something. Can I take my jacket off? It is hot in here. <laughs> Thank you for being accommodating. Alright, un unto you a Savior is born. The Savior's coming was foretold in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve first heard this promise, they were excited. They were hoping it would be their firstborn, Cain, that he might be the deliverer. From the day of Enoch, the promise was repeated through the patriarchs and prophets. It was keeping alive the hope of the Savior's appearance. But year after year, Christ came not. And as we have been studying, I hope we all have been studying Jeremiah, and I know we're all faithful in our Sabbath school, so I know you all were studying it with me. They, we know that they were taken away to Babylon. But upon their return, after 70 years, the people began to give attention to religious instructions. All over the country, synagogues were being built. They were erected. The schools were established. All the while professing to teach the principles of righteousness. While God's people were trying to obey God's law, the priests and the rabbis were full of pride. They added their own requirements, thus turning the Sabbath into a set of arbitrary rules, while making the law more of a burden and showing less of God's love. They were avoiding the true meaning and the joy of Christ. The condition of the Jewish people at this time in history, even though they longed for the advent of the Messiah, but they didn't have it for the right reason or His true mission. They were not seeking redemption from sin, but freedom from the Roman yoke. Thus, they missed out on the birth of Christ. When we talk about the birth of Christ, we want to all stop with Mary and Joseph. You need to stop with John, I mean with Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth. So let's go to Luke 1, 
And I'm going to start in verse 11. And you can follow through. Remember, Zacharias and Elizabeth for many years have been praying for what? A child, a baby. The angel Gabriel appeared to Zacharias. Gabriel said, don't be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. And you will have a son. You will call him John. Zacharias was stunned. Could you imagine a beautiful angel appearing before you? I would be speechless too. Finally, when he could get his senses to him, he said, how will I know this will really happen? Not only am I old, and be careful here, guys, my wife, she's advanced also. As Zacharias began to question, how could this be possible, Gabriel explained, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. He sent me to share this good news with you. Zacharias just couldn't understand. You know, sometimes we want a rational explanation for things that are happening that God is working and answering our prayers. However, since you question what I tell you and you doubt, let me give you a sign that will help you out. Zacharias was silent until Elizabeth, his wife, gave birth. When I was going over this with my wife, as we lay there, I asked her, how many, how would you, or how many ladies in this place would like to have the power of Gabriel to silence a man? Please don't raise your hands. When I asked my wife this, she smiled. Men, you know the smile. The smile was, what a wonderful Christmas gift this would be. I asked you, which is easy to have a baby in wedlock at an old age, or to bear a child without knowing a man. I want us to look at Mary's reaction when Jesus' birth is announced. But before we do that, let's go to Isaiah 7.14. And it says, Therefore I will give you a sign. A young woman, still a virgin, will conceive and give birth to a son. His name will be Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. God is with us. Amen. Let's go back to Luke 1, 26, where we'll begin. It's in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. God sent the angel Gabriel to the young virgin Mary, who was engaged to marry Joseph. Gabriel, seeing Mary, said, You are highly favored. God has selected you over all the other ladies in Israel. Mary was frightened, and Mary was confused. Gabriel spoke and said, Mary, don't be frightened. You will conceive a son, and you will name him Jesus. His name will be Jesus. Watch. She humbly inquired, I know no man. I love how God works. 
Gabriel began to give her confidence by telling her about her cousin Elizabeth, who was barren at an old age, is now six months pregnant, and soon to have a son named John. With God, nothing is impossible. Mary said, Be it according to thy word, I gladly submit myself to the will of God to be his servant. And we see later on in verse 46, while visiting with her cousin Elizabeth, her speech was of gratitude. She couldn't hold it back. She just wanted to praise God. She loved Him with all her heart and soul. He is my God and my Savior. Mary was not interested in understanding how God was going to do what He said. She just wanted to thank God for what He was doing. Men don't get discouraged. The man God chose to raise his son was Joseph. Let's go to Matthew 1. I will begin in around 18, verse 18. Mary was engaged to Joseph, and before they married, they had no type of sexual relationship. Then Joseph discovered she was pregnant. This back then was a serious offense. How we control our response in a time of crisis reveals who we really are. Did you get that? In the time of crisis is who we are. Most men would have made accusations, how? Why would you? Where did you? And how could you? And back then, a separation from a woman and man with a baby would have left Mary in poverty. No other man would have had her. Joseph also could have had Mary stoned to death according to their laws. Deuteronomy 22, 13 to 21. Joseph, as any man would have been, was distraught. He was distressed. But he still loved Mary. He started to make plans how to protect her from public scorn. His plans were breaking off the engagement quietly and sending her away to have a baby. It's telling me Joseph was a just man. He probably was a little bit older. That could have accounted for his patience, his calmness, his wisdom. As Joseph was considering how to carry out his plan, an angel appeared in a dream and said, Don't be concerned about Mary's virginity. Go ahead and marry her. She is still pure. She is still a virgin. This is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a Messiah. You will name the baby Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph realized who the real father was. He also realized that he was chosen to be part of this great, glorious plan of salvation. He followed the angel's instruction and made Mary an honest woman. Obedience, brothers and sisters, reveals the heart like nothing else. In John 14, 15, if you love me, you will do what? You will obey me. In 1 Samuel 15, 22, we know what makes God happy. It's our love and obedience that will pleases Him. 
Why, you ask, was Joseph chosen to be the subjugate father of Jesus? He was pure of life. He was pure of heart. He was a man willing to surrender all to the will of God. 100%. In Micah 5.2, you, O Bethlehem, one of the smallest towns of Judah, out of you I will bring forth one to rule Israel. Joseph and Mary lived in the city of Nazareth. Oh my. Don't we love to see how God works? Isn't His Word always true? In Luke 2, as we begin in Luke 2, we see it was about this time that Caesar Augustus declared a nationwide census throughout the Roman Empire for the purpose of taxation. This required everyone to register in the city or town where their ancestors came from. Joseph, being from the line of David, began the journey with Mary to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Brothers and sisters, it is a real city. It is six miles outside of Jerusalem. It is 6,000 miles from Tallahassee. It's the city of Jesse, the father of King David. It's a city that Micah told us about 750 years earlier. It's a real city and it was a real day. And upon arriving in Bethlehem, all the rooms were taken up. I can relate to that. I used to travel a lot. And it's been once or twice, well maybe once, I slept in my automobile. But all the rooms were taken up. So our Savior was born in a stable and cradled in a man, man, manger. His birth was without worldly grandeur. The angels informed the shepherds of the event of Jesus. The heavenly hosts touched their hearts and glorified God. Yes, unto you a Savior is born. The Savior who left His Father's side. He volunteered to come to this world for you and I. The King of glory stooped so low to take on humanity, shunning all outward appearance. Assuming the responsibility of a servant. He was despised and he was rejected. He bore our grief and carried our sorrows. He was mistreated and falsely accused. He was unjustly arrested. He was judged and then led like a lamb to slaughter. Our sins were the thorns in Christ's head. The nails in his hands and the feet and the spear in his side was pierced for you and I. Christ received what we deserve. Yet, he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It's by his death that brings peace, happiness, and everlasting life to man. Such a wonderful manifesting of the love of God it's so hard to understand how he could love a sinner such as me. Then I realized this, and I want you to chew on this. The birth of Christ, the birth of Christ reveals the Father's heart. It reveals his amazing love for us. It testifies and declares that while God's hatred of sin is as strong as death, his love for the sinner, you and I, is stronger than death. 
Amen? The birth of Christ reveals the Father's heart and His amazing love for us. It testifies and declares, while God's hatred of sin is strong as death, His love for you and I, thus sinners, is stronger than death. Unto you, our Savior is born. Amen.